Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Andrew Cashflow is back from his vacation, so I'm very excited to have you back, Andrew. And we got NFT Tones joining us on this Monday, so I'm looking forward to a great show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how longtime Ripple critic and the founder of Cardano, Charles Hotskinson, is now a believer in ETHgate as new evidence emerges of a relationship between the Ethereum founders and former SEC commissioners. FedNow system is set to go live in the coming weeks as the BIS released a new central bank concept called the Money Flower, explaining how private currencies will play a role in the future of banking. After rumors of Gary Gensler resigning were circulating on Twitter this week, a Bitcoin ETF approval is now closer than ever, with Coinbase being chosen as a trusted custody service. Joe Rogan is finally speaking out against central bank digital currencies, and as a new United States Clearinghouse report cites Ripple and Stellar as a solution for cross-border payments, we break down the details, showing our community how Wall Street is creating the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, you're having some tech issues, brother. It would definitely be helpful for you to just hop inside the building. But Andrew Cashflow, while Johnny Crypto is getting set up this morning, how you feeling, my friend? And welcome back. Yeah, you know, I had a wonderful time in the south of France. I was in France, in Italy, in Switzerland, in uh, in, in Germany, and uh, amazing, amazing, amazing time. And uh, uh, I was in Monaco, I was in Saint-Tropez, and I saw all the big uh, pleasure yachts. And uh, I would recommend everybody, if you have the time, visit that area. It's beautiful, it's sunny, it's, uh, t- take take your purse with you, because it costs some money. But, uh, you know, we're all here to get rich, so that should not be any problem. Absolutely, Andrew. And we're always happy to have you back, my friend. I do want to give you a shout out. The people were wondering about you, so it's super exciting to have you back on the show. NFT Tones, it's Monday, and you're making a guest appearance. Johnny Crypto was kicked off the stream, so I guess you're the star of the show, my friend. How are you feeling? Uh, it's feeling good. I'm feeling good. It's great to be back. Like I said, now that classes are done, I'm going to be here more. I'm ready to rock and roll. This is where I'm meant to be. Absolutely, Tones. And we're going to get this thing started the same way we always do by showing you my Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button. We're giving updates throughout the day. When we look at the Bitcoin fear and greed index this morning, we're sitting in greed, Andrew. Believe it or not, we are at a 62. And when you check out the daily bubbles, it is green across the board. Pepe token up about 19%. File tokens up 20%. And GRT up about 18% on the day. When we look at the total coin market cap this morning, we are climbing steadily in the crypto market up to 1.21 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 49% dominant. Ethereum is about 19%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 30,900. Ethereum just below two grand here, just $30 away from $2,000. XRP is 48 cents and Cardano sitting at 129 this morning. And guys, we already got 229 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button if you came. To today's episode for a FedNow update. That's exactly what we're going to be starting with because our banking system is shifting as we speak. And we have a video to show you guys to explain how this is all going down. Here we go. You know, the last mile type of situation, having the upgraded infrastructure going from, from one corridor to the next, does that make everything easier and smoother? Yeah. So starting with what Fed, FedNow is, I like FedNow because it starts to offer a level playing field. Um, historically, commercial banks like JP Morgan, who have accounts everywhere and a critical mass of accounts, have been able to do things just on their internal ledger that other banks can't. 
namely instant transfers, because that's just ones and zeros on their own database. FedNow is cool because anybody who has an account at the Federal Reserve, whether you're a credit union or a financial institution, you have access to doing these instantaneous payments. And what that means is now they can offer better experiences to their customers, whether it's through a, you know, your a banking app or something else to do instant payments, including to, to merchants. That's very cool. That's actually good for business in the United States. Um, now, like in terms of where that goes for, for a company like Ripple, Ripple really benefits from more efficient domestic payment systems. And I think one thing that we learned very early on is that domestic payment systems, while they are not perfect, like buying a cup of coffee today with a credit card with Visa, not that bad, right? Like the actual rails themselves aren't that bad. Where you run into a little bit of trouble is the actual mechanics around the dollar itself and the infinite, like infinity printing press that goes up. But putting that aside, like domestic payments are actually decent today. Um, FedNow is going to make that a little better. There's going to be other innovations as well. Well, Andrew, one of the biggest speculations about FedNow is, is this going to be a catalyst for XRP? And during our episodes last week, we broke down how there are three banks that are compliant with FedNow that also use RippleNet. But we know for a fact they're not going to be leveraging XRP to begin with. So as a European citizen sitting outside the United States, what are you anticipating from a FedNow upgrade? We've got JP Morgan, BNY Mellon. Some of the largest banks on the planet are ready to go live. What does that mean to you, my friend? Actually, I was already wondering for years, already for, for, for 15 years, you know, we have a banking system in at least and it was in the Netherlands and, and, and years ago already it was uh, extended to the, Euro, the whole European Union that if I, if I transfer money from me to, to, to my neighbor from, uh, from another bank, it is there immediately. If I transfer money from, for example, from here to Spain, it is there immediately to Germany, to Austria, to, to everywhere. And I was always wondering, why is this not, not possible in, in the US? Because when I was there, and it was, was, was a while ago when I lived in the US, but I had to send checks over uh, back and forth and via, via the post and the mailman. And so what I see now in, in the US, I think they were so uh, protected with their own market, the, the big banks, that they didn't allow other banks to have a, a big system. So I think it's good for uh, just for the economy and, and the liquidity of money within uh, the, 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 yeah, the, the banking system in, in the US. And, yeah, you know, the, the biggest issue is still international payments. However, if I, if I have to fund my uh, brokerage account in the, in, in the US from the, from the Netherlands, it is there in maybe two hours. So it's, it's also not, not an issue, but, you know, there are other issues. So every improvement is there. Is it really an, an advantage for crypto? I think not, not so much at this moment because they can, they can still solve it without crypto. And if they can do it without, they will do it. So uh, on the longer term, what you see, for example, in Japan, they use a lot of XRP for inter, interbank transfers within the, within the country of Japan. So I think it's, it will not happen in, in the U.S. in short term, but um, yeah, it is, it's good development. Money must be liquid. NFT Tones, I think you're going to like this video I found over the weekend. I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast with Ice Cube, and they began to discuss things like the World Economic Forum, environmental governance standards, and even central bank digital currencies. For the first time ever, Joe Rogan is speaking out against this stuff. So here's a brief clip, and then I'm going to you, Tones. Here we go. This these yeah, people are pushing in a very obvious and very specific direction. They want digital currency, centralized digital currency that they control, and they want to get everybody on a social credit score system. And they'll probably connect it to some sort of a vaccine app, or if you want to travel around, all they would need is another pandemic to try to push that shit through. And they're already talking about that. It's very spooky. Not only is it spooky, NFT Tones, it seems like they're winning. When we look around the world right now, central banks are making plans to not only adopt currencies, but create their own private currencies. So Joe Rogan finally speaking out against this. I think a lot of people are waking up for the first time ever. What does this mean to you as somebody in their 20s? I mean, it's it's really scary. I mean, a lot of people are now realizing what is happening with Joe Rogan bringing this to light. A lot of people are going to open their eyes. A lot of people watch Joe Rogan and it's it's really interesting to see it. I mean, we, we see it happening with the Fed now system. We see it happening with other systems coming in. And it's scary because 
they they want to control us and it is really uh, it's a really scary thing to think about because i mean imagine having that vaccine app or whatnot and then not doing it and then not getting paid or whatnot so it's definitely something really scary it's something to really think about because it affects everybody and their kids and everything in the future hey i have a question for you uh, Epps. uh sorry uh, tones um do you talk with your fellow students about these kind of issues that are happening is that is it the talk of the day or do you never talk about it how is that working with uh, with guys from your age nft tones if i can go first one of the things i used to do during the 2021 bull run was tell everybody about this stuff i was trying i thought i was helping people by sharing this information i quickly realized what do they say? Don't cast pearls among among the swine or something like that. I can't remember exactly. But if you share these high quality ideas with with people who aren't open to it, you're just going to get shut down. So most of the time, I actually avoid these conversations. I'm not talking too much about crypto. But if somebody who's informed pulls me to the side, I'm more than willing to have these discussions. Tones, what about yourself? So kind of like what you said, it really depends. So in class and stuff, it depends kind of like what my professors, if they are kind of more on the techie side and kind of have a bit of knowledge of crypto, they generally bring up a little bit of NFTs and crypto. And so it starts a discussion in class, then you kind of know who to like talk to. Because there's been a couple classes where I've met a couple students that are really avid for crypto. And it's awesome to get to meet those uh, fellow students and talk to them and see their ideas and what they think, because everybody has different opinion on crypto and NFTs. And it's, it's interesting to see what they think, but not everybody has the same opinions. And so not everybody is avid to see crypto be successful. Make some great points. Let me ask you one more question. Does anybody in your friend group talk about, obviously they talk about Bitcoin, maybe they talk a little XRP. Do any of them talk about central bank digital currencies? Because my friend group, we never, ever have that conversation. No, never, ever have I ever had that conversation with anybody in my friend group. Yeah, no, you make a great point. We got 307 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Andrew Cashflow, before I play our next article, I do want to get your thoughts on this graphic right here. 2022 has been a rough year for the cryptocurrency market. But if you look at some of these projects from the bottom of the bear market, they've actually performed outstanding. And Quant Network is at the front of this list up 146% since the bottom of the bear market. What are some of the tokens that you're anticipating are going to do well, Andrew? Just broadly overall, when we look at these Bitcoin, Ethereum, Quant Network. A lot of these are speculative tokens. But what do you think? When are we going to get some real utility and then some price action to follow? You know, my strategy is... Um... I divide the crypto market market in two. The, I, I look at the top 10 coins because there I, 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 I expect the most win and the most growth. And I, I, I dare to invest more. Um, I'm also in 20, 2022, I'm, I was disappointed about all the smaller cryptos. They either went out or, or, or they, they didn't bring anything. So uh, yeah, what I think is just stick to a strategy and, uh, and you, you, you showed very, very good cryptos. So do your, do your research for cryptos. Keep following them because also what I learned from one day on the other, the whole project can fall apart and all those people go to other projects. And, and you know, then, then you're gone. So that's why, and I say it again, I always say smaller cryptos, exotic projects, no more than to $500, my friends. And Andrew, one of the things I do want to close us out here with, we're going to show our listeners a brand new document from the BIS where they list Stellar and Ripple as cross-border payment solutions. But before we do that, I do want to close out our information on the Federal Reserve. So I'm going to read a little bit here and kick it back to the group. The U.S. Federal Reserve certifies 57 companies to use their FedNow instant payment system, which is set to go live on July 20th. In a recent announcement, the U.S. Federal Reserve revealed that 57 companies have received certification to utilize its upcoming payment system, FedNow, which is set to launch in late July. It's noteworthy that 41 banks and 15 service providers, including industry giants like J.P. Morgan Chase, Bank of New York Mellon, U.S. Bancorp, and Wells Fargo, have successfully completed former testing and are ready to use the FedNow service. FedNow marks a significant step towards the evolution of U.S. payment infrastructure, enabling faster and more efficient transactions. And now that 57 companies say they're equipped to leverage the capabilities of FedNow seamlessly, I would expect integration to happen without many retail investors even noticing, Andrew. I really think that rates are just going to come down over time and retail can be excited about their cross-border payments. So to close this out here, 
Are you excited about the Fed now launch? And do you see this as a catalyst for crypto? No, I just see it as a as a uh, as a way to catch up with with, nor- with normal uh, uh, speed of money that should be done. And, you know, and we, we bring it big here. It is just another infrastructure. It's just another in just other interfaces. I worked a lot in IT. It's just implementing an interface and it's convenient for, for all the parties to do it. And people and the, and, and the, uh, or um, yeah, the, just the, the normal uh, human beings, you don't see it. It's all in the back of it. It's all in, in, in the cloud of, of those banks. Uh, as, I, as I already said earlier, I don't see it as a, as a really uh, a catalyst for crypto. It's just catching up with where you should have been, where the U.S. already should have been years ago. Absolutely, Andrew. And I do want to address this question right here. One of our listeners commented, what about XDC? Will it explode? We've interviewed Quincy Jones on our channel about a half dozen times at this point, who's a developer for XDC. He talks about how the decentralized applications built on XDC are actually better performing than XRP. We're not going to talk about that right now because I've got some great updates for our listeners. Yesterday, Charles Hoskinson, the founder of Cardano, criticized Vitalik Buterin for only staking a small portion of his Ethereum holdings claiming that this shows a lack of trust in Ethereum's native staking protocol. That wasn't the only bold statement he made because he's actually turning into a Ripple promoter here, talking about how the SEC is way out of line by promoting Ethereum and denying Ripple. <laughs> but bureaucrats got a bureaucrat, you know, uh, starting to believe this free pass thing a little bit. Huh? Yeah, starting to feel that way. I, I got some sympathy for you XRP guys. Yeah, I'm being pushed into that counter. I really am. You know, I, mean, I, I don't know about that. You know, a little cray cray. Well, Andrew Cashflow, if Johnny Crypto was here, I know he'd be defending Charles right now. But if you look at his tweets from last December, he said something very specific. And he tweeted this at me, Andrew Cashflow. He tweeted on my account and he said this. He said, XRP has no partnerships or technical value. That's a quote that we constantly show on the show. But let's just talk about how he's changing his stance. Is this important to you? Why do you think Charles is now promoting Ethereum as ETHgate, like we've been saying for months? Um, not, not so much an opinion about it. You know, I know it, Ethereum is a big ecosystem and many of the major banks are involved in it. And I really believe in the, in the growth of and, and, the, and the future validity of, of Ethereum. It's not even attacked by the SEC. So whatever Charles says, it doesn't matter so much. Ethereum will grow. I also believe maybe not so much in the in in, in the West, but uh, in the US, but but in the Eastern countries, XRP is growing enormously. Other coins are growing, and uh, yeah, it's we are on the way, and it is it is all yeah, it's it is well it is actually it's it's wild west. Well, NFT Tones, I'm going to take the side of the debate that that criticizes Charles, and I want you to promote Charles because Johnny would typically do that here. So with Charles Hodgkinson being attacked by the SEC a couple of weeks ago, the SEC stated that ADA was an unregistered security in the Binance lawsuit and in the Coinbase lawsuit. Well, now since that date, Charles has not only come out in support of Ripple, he's come out as an anti-SEC guy. He's saying that regulation by enforcement, it's not only hindering the, the industry, it's pushing the good players overseas. We're going to show our listeners a video a little bit in a little bit talking about how Ripple is already expanding in Asia, regardless of the XRP lawsuit. But tell me right now, as Johnny Crypto just got here, why do you think Charles is changing his stance on the Ripple versus SEC lawsuit? Well, I mean, I feel like he's changing his stance because now he's kind of under fire. So he's he's kind of joining the XRP side so that then when something does go right, he's hoping to hopefully get out of hopefully to get out of cleared and hopefully get something to benefit his side or his coin as well. I mean, I feel like uh, there's a lot of heat going on right now in the crypto space with all, with the sec going after a lot of coins. Uh, and I feel like there needs to be more, there needs to be more actual clarity in until there is like more laws out in actually in like effect, I don't think people are going to actually understand exactly what to do. And I feel like it needs to be said now, because I mean, the more people, the more, I mean, look what happened over the weekend. If we saw what happened, uh, um, we saw that there was a tweet with Gary Gensler, right? And it was to 
say that he resigned, right? And none of it was ended up being true or whatnot. But yep. my point being here is, I mean, there's going to be rumors and lies coming out like this all the time, and people are going to be constantly switching sides so that they can join, hopefully, the winning side. So, I mean, there's always going to be constantly crap coming out, and you never really know what's going to be true. Great point, NFT Tones, and we are going to break that down later in the episode as there were rumors swirling this weekend that Gary oh. Gensler was going to be resigning from the SEC. Well, we reached out to one of our friends, Eleanor Tourette, to get some inside information here, guys, and I'm excited to provide that for our listeners. Now, Johnny, I know you have a comment, but I got to play this video first. So I'm going to give you the open floor. This is Charles Hoskinson changing his stance, calling out Ethereum Gate, and now promoting Ripple and XRP. <laughs> but bureaucrats got a bureaucrat, you know, uh... Starting to believe this free pass thing a little bit, huh? Yeah, starting to feel that way. I, I got some sympathy for you XRP guys. Yeah, I'm being pushed into that corner. I really am. You know, I, I, I don't know about that. Well, we already played that clip, Johnny. So you give me your thoughts and I'll rebuttal. Charles Hoskinson is slowly becoming, an, from being a Ripple critic to now an XRP supporter, he's even calling out Ethereum gate. What does that mean to you, my friend, as Cardano's close friend? Well, you asked NFT Tones why Cardano or Charles uh, flipped his stance, and I'll just make it very simple and give you the short answer, because he's freaking human. Because any single one of you, all three of you sitting here and everyone in the chat, if if you were doing something and the SEC came after you, you would take exactly the same exact position the SEC that you would, uh, uh, Charles, that you'd be against the SEC and you'd be partnering with the other guy because the enemy of my enemy is my friend. All right, so let's not let's not sugarcoat the truth here. Everybody's bashing. Everybody's bashing, Charles. But the reality is, why would you want to bash a guy that's being honest? There's not enough honesty left in the world. When a guy comes out and he's honest and says, hey, you know what? You guys are pushing me in this corner. He told you the truth. Good. Good for you, Charles. Good to be honest. Totally understand why you're in our corner. And good, because we need more people in this corner than in the other corner. Because the last thing we want to see is everybody going on the SEC side. So, to me... The more the mirror on the pro crypto side, better it is for everybody in this room and everybody in the chat. Love you guys. Appreciate you. Happy holidays. And hopefully you all have a safe and happy 4th of July out. Johnny, I got a quick rebuttal for you. The only thing more dangerous than an enemy is a fake friend. And the fact that Charles Hoskinson has come out the second he was attacked by the SEC, I don't consider that to be a coincidence. So with that whoa, being- Whoa, 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 whoa. Stop the trade right there. No, no, no. Go back to the full screen. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. So are you saying, you're saying- Human beings aren't able to learn. They're not able to adjust. They're not able to change their feelings just because something bad happened and they changed. They're a fake friend rather than maybe they just, their mind realized like, oh shit, you know what? This isn't what I thought it was. A little different. I want to be here rather than here. And maybe he is a true friend that just saw a different picture now. You know what I'm saying? So my I know thing. You my thing, Johnny. I'm you not so sure he's a fake friend. You give him a free pass constantly for the naivete of this guy. You think that Charles Hodgkinson didn't understand back in December when he tweeted at us? He said XRP has no partnerships or technical value. That's BS. That at the time, I guarantee you Charles Hodgkinson knew that at the time that, that was BS. But for some reason, you give him the excuse of naivete. Oh, Charles didn't understand this technology. Charles didn't understand oh, no, no, this. No, Charles understood the technology. Let me ask you a question. When he did that, he was under tremendous pressure, tremendous pressure. Okay, and and totally, totally emotionally attacked by the whole entire community. He said shit he didn't want to say. So I'm going to ask you a question. Once in your life, have you ever said something that you wish you didn't say or could take back when you were emotionally upset? Just answer the question. Simple yes or no. All I want to say yes or no. That's it. Be honest. I'll, I'll pull a Gary Gensler here. Sir. Were you were you part of the steel dossier, sir? Yeah. <laughs> all right, so we know the answer, and everybody in the chat knows the answer. We all say shit that we don't want to say when we're upset, and then we always look at the land and go, "Damn, I wish I didn't say that." You've all been there. You all have. If you haven't, you're not human. Okay, so I guarantee. One key you- detail I got to throw in here, guys. Charles is not going to divide us. Me and Johnny just love having That's this. That's right. No, nobody can divide us. Abs. That's the and, fact. And this is a key so- detail here, Johnny. First of all, 369 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. But Charles Hodgkinson was a founder of Ethereum. He was part of the Hinman emails. Is that not contributing to the to to your discussion whatsoever? 
Um, I don't know if he was part of the. Uh, I don't know. They didn't reach out to Charles. wasn't part of Ethereum. He, he wasn't. He wasn't reached out to, but he was part of the nine founding members of Ethereum that helped uh, create a think tank with Joseph Lubin. So it's like a third party kind of deal, you know. It wasn't like he got on the phone with Gary Gensler, but he got on the phone with Lubin, who then spoke to Gensler. Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't know what happened in 2013. I'm going to comment there because I don't know what his involvement was. I know he was one of the founders, but I don't know the extent of whether he was on the phone with Lubin. Can't blame him at the time. You know, if you're starting a business, you're going to be on the people that can help you too. I am going to say to yeah, bro, Mike, you're crazy. You're nuts. No, I'm not paid. I'm not paid by Charles Hawkinson. Nice try. Uh, I am just, uh, you know, I just like to bring things back down to reality. I think somebody actually said that in the chat. And that's exactly right. I just look at the things from a realistic perspective. Everybody else looks at it from an emotional. If you're emotional, you're going to say things, you know, that, that weren't there. And Gonzo's right there, right? So I know he was there for the ICO. No question. That's not what we're talking about, though. We're, we're talking about whether he was involved in the Hitman emails. Totally not. He was gone at that point. Wasn't even with Ethereum at that time. So, you know, I don't know Charles' involvement to that extent. But nonetheless, guys, here's the reality. And then we'll move on. We need more friends than enemies. Even fake friends are better right now than enemies. Okay, so whether you're looking at it, and I know you don't agree, and that's totally cool. You don't have to. And I don't agree with you, by the way, that he's a fake friend. I just think he realized, like, oh, shit, everybody's under attack here. I better join this side and start making friends and being with these guys. Because, you know, something happens to you as a human when you get put inside of a an area with other people. You start to realize, like, oh. You form a bond. I've seen it happen. You know, here's a you know, study. It worked. It put you in certain groups. Next thing you know, coming out of those groups, you start to become friends. You build friendships because you're, you're put somewhere. And so that's what happened. It all backed into a corner. And I think some relationships may come out of that. That'll be good for Charles. He needs it because God knows a lot of the community hates him. But I have no problem with him. Come on board. We need good people to push crypto forward. One of the things that's clear, though, is that ETHgate did take place and some of the biggest players in our industry are now becoming advocates of the XRP army exposing this information. We got 375 live listeners joining us. Andrew Cashflow, I'm looking forward to hearing your response about this video specifically because Ethereum created a monopoly when it came to ICOs. If you think about it, if all Ethereum did was a clever way to make uh, a token available and then cover up their doing that might or might not be, you know, SEC regulated because the people that were on their team worked for the SEC. There's a lot of weird stuff that's been going on in this industry. My point here is that um, I don't want to implicate anybody, but I want to say that, you know, now everybody's able to make their own tokens and break securities laws, right? And it's just that they can't catch up with everybody. And now it's gone to the point where it's not just corporations, it's individuals issuing their own NFT securities, right? And so the idea is whack-a-mole. They can't go after everybody fast enough, but this isn't the right tactic. The right tactic is to actually go and address what the real concern is, and that is the decentralization of governance with a stable price trade instrument that we're able to do business globally with. The reason I know that these guys aren't actually addressing that, because they haven't had... <laughs> They haven't had to avoid being kidnapped by a pirate Somalian gang. They haven't had to avoid and survive an assassination attempt like I have. They haven't addressed and gotten hacked for $160 million and told, don't you ever stick your neck out again, boy. Because when you really go up against the system and you really make a change that threatens the cowards who are running the thing, because all they've done is they've cheated and taken as much as they can, got on top of the hill, and are preventing everybody from getting on top of the hill. When really what we want to do is cooperate, have fun, explore life, and have a beautiful life with our families and our children. Completely agree. But Andrew, he's said a lot there. So I'm just going to give you the open floor. Let's start with you. Yeah, indeed, he, he, he says a lot. Um, uh, first, he, he starts talking about the, uh, the regulation and, 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 and the free pass that Ethereum had. And let me say something about the regulation. What I see coming for the regulation is that every token that will be released actually should consist of two parts. One part is if you have a good ID and you will release a token to your friends, family, investors, and uh, that, that is a security. But as soon as your network goes live and you, you make money with, uh, with, with network fees, with, with other kinds of, uh, of, of, of stuff, then, it is, then, it is, then that is a commodity. So I think the regulation should separate it from each other. Then what he says about the, 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 the decentralization of government, yeah, he is totally right. And I think it's about time to get another form of democracy. 
it's it's insane to 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 only vote once in the four years for the new president. Also, we have also a voting system in the Netherlands every four years. And what you see, uh, parties stay together just to stay in power. And I think we, we should be more interactive with, with, with the people. And that is what you can do with decentralized organizations. And they, they scare the shit out of the, the decentralized organizations because it's very scary for, for the sit, sitting power. But I think that's, that's the freedom for, for the people. So, uh, so far, maybe somebody else wants to say something about this, uh, what this guy is telling. Johnny Crypto, I want to hear from NFT Tones as well, but I do want to give a shout out to one of our friends out there. Sin City Crypto is watching right now. And guys, I just want to give you a shout out. I watch your show constantly. So keep up the great work. We do love to keep an eye on you. Johnny, what do you think about the ETH gate and the fact that the biggest players in the market are changing their stance? Let's, there was a lot said in that video. So I'm going to give you the open floor and respond. Well, I mean, I think that, I think that man... He just told you the whole game plan, told you how it works. And that's kind of why, why Ripple's sitting where they are for that reason. Um, and I think, you know, it's no fun, no different. We've had, we've said that many times on the show that, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's an in-group and there's an out-group. And if you ain't in the in-group, then you're in the out-group. And, and, you know, and, and so I, you know, always wondered where Brad and the Ripple company sat, whether they were in or out, but obviously we know now, uh, just based on the actions where they sit. But the real thing is going to be how this thing plays out once we get through it and when this thing's over. So I'm really looking forward to just seeing this thing come to an end. But yeah, he had a mouthful to say there. Abs, there was so much to unpack there. But I think the cool thing is he kind of, to some degree, Abs, he kind of exposed the game there if you were paying attention. He really did. And I do love this comment we got from Mentelect here. It said, Ethereum shows what's wrong with capitalism. Inferior products are getting a monopoly. If the crypto space was truly about the best technology, we'd see currencies like XLM, XRP, and XDC at the forefront of every conversation. Instead, we continue to hear about Bitcoin. This video we're going to show you guys is how the central banks around the world, they're not excited about Bitcoin. They're not excited about Ethereum. They are excited about XRP and Stellar and are even referencing them in world documents. Here's the clip and we'll go back to the group. March of 2023, there was a report by the IMF titled Trust Bridges and money flows, a digital marketplace to improve cross-border payments. And interestingly, on page 23, they mention two digital assets, and that's XRP and XLM. The Bank for International Settlements publishes their money flower, and there is a small space in that money flower for those private cryptocurrencies. So I agree with you that the winners of this have already been chosen. And that's where I just want to pause it for a second. They referenced two currencies in the BIS document, Johnny, Stellar and Ripple. And when she said something very smart that stuck out to me as well, we don't need the entire money flower. We need one to 2% to change everyone on our live streams lives. If we get 1% of the banking industry's cash flow into any of these currencies, we're not going to be millionaires. Some of our listeners are going to be billionaires. So I don't want to get people too excited here. But Johnny, how do you feel about the BIS referencing only two currencies, Stellar and XRP in their new documents? So for me, it's, uh, you know, here's the reality check for the rest of the world now. It kind of goes back to a similar thing I was telling you about patents the other day. So, but it's a little bit better news, but maybe not as good as everybody hopes. But so the reality is, um, like in patents, people will reference other technologies in there, but it doesn't mean that's the technology they're going to use. And to some degree, the same kind of thing, in my view, in my opinion, exists here. These companies are out there. They're doing their research. They're looking at the technologies that are out there and they're capturing them in there. OK, that doesn't mean they're going to use them. However, in this example, it's a little more meaningful than in a patent where you're trying to get a patent application and you're just going to, you know, you're going to capture these technologies just to get your patent approved, right? Here in these reports, because they're trying to educate their internal folks, it is, it holds more weight to the fact that they're already out there looking to see what technologies are out there. And maybe when they did the, the thing, whenever they wrote the report back in, I don't know, 27, do we have an indication of when that report was written? Absolutely chance. January of 2023. Okay, that's very significant then. Because if, if it was a while ago, I would have said, you know, at the time, those might have been the only two technologies. But we know now, if that's of the January 2023, 
there's a lot more technologies out there. And if they still feel that these are the best, that's a really, really good sign. It holds to me a lot more weight now because of that. And to me, it gets me even more excited. I'm already excited as this, but that gets me even more excited that here we are 2023 and they're talking about these two technologies being the key drivers. And like you said, to get a little piece of that big business is could be a could be a very life changing event for a lot of folks like us who are sitting here on the sidelines trying to create generational wealth. Cash log, you had a power. <clears throat> we had a powerful conversation before the live stream where you broke down. Yeah, the BIS is money flowers one thing, but there are separate money flowers being made around the world. What does this mean to you? Do you think that XLM and XRP being referenced in this document is this the catalyst we've been waiting for? Even if it's just a small percent of total banking. Uh, absolutely. I mean, what Johnny said, he's totally right. It, and it is very good for the crypto industry, uh, although it's maybe a small portion in the flower. But I tend to look, I mean, I, I see a whole field of flowers. And why would a, a Bank of International Settlement, the BIS, dictate how money should flow over, over the world? What we see is we see the BRICS countries developing their own country, their own systems. I mean, those uh, uh, Russia and, and China, they are sick of all those, uh, all those uh, sanctions. So they are finding ways around it. And I'm sure, because I have an engineering background, that also the people get sick of all those money measures. So, and what are the people? They are the engineers. And engineers always find solutions around regulation. And so I even see a third money flower existing and arising and you know that that will be an excellent bouquet with flowers and the bank of international settlement is not the only one who rules the world i want to give a shout out to this guy right here chad barry You're, you brought up something very important and i think it's something that slips into the background of many xrp conversations back in 2015 ripple went to court in california and was found to be a currency right this is totally separate from what the SEC is doing now. I, I would put that case to the side because it actually doesn't factor in. And I don't want to bore our listeners with the details because that comment continues to come up, Johnny. I feel like every time we have an XRP conversation, somebody says, but in California in 2015, they were labeled a currency. It's not even a factor in the SEC lawsuit. That is a state jurisdiction. That is a state lawsuit. We're talking about a federal lawsuit, so it doesn't actually contribute. We got 431 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. If you want to get a laugh this morning, over the weekend, there were rumors of Gary Gensler's resignation coming from this account called Crypto Geek News. Something I'm going to dis- I'm just going to disclaim right off the bat. This is a fake news account. This is the same account that told us just a couple of weeks ago that Ripple was going to be buying back $10 billion worth of XRP. Well, they posted another fake news article saying that Gary Gensler was set to be stepping down from the SEC. Johnny, we reached out to Eleanor Tourette, and they actually wrote an article on this, but we reached out independently as well. Uh, Eleanor Tourette reached out to the SEC's internal team to confirm the alleged resignation. She shared, a sh- she shared a screenshot of the response from the SEC's PR team that had a resounding nope, indicating that there's no truth to the Gary Gensler rumor stepping down. Now, it's more fun than anything else, because even if Gary Gensler did step down, wouldn't actually change that much. A new puppet would step in. But what do you think? Fake rumors are taking Twitter by storm every week, Johnny. What does this fake news story mean to you? Well, listen, fake, fake stories, fake news, it sells. That's <laughs> it, ratings. It's all about ratings, my man. And your boy Crypto Greek or whatever his name is there probably got a shit ton of clicks that day. Um, but the reality is I remember when this came. Actually, my cousin texted me this. And I think I sent it to you, Abs, the minute I saw it. I even tweeted it out there saying if it were true, because I had a 95% feeling it wasn't true. And, um, you know, and poor Becky. Hi, Becky. How you doing? Becky, the reality is it's not that way. You know, so the thing is, you said the most important thing. Even if Gary stepped down, okay, it makes zero, zero, zero difference if the, if the command at the top is still, if Operation Choke Point is still in Operation Abs, it doesn't matter which puppet is sitting in that office, okay? They're going to do what Gary's doing. And then instead of you guys all hating Gary, let's say they put Joe Smith in there or Mike the Plumber. Then you're going to hate Joe Smith and Mike the Plumber or whoever the hell they put in there. You're going to hate him the same. So you just got to understand how the game is played. It does, So when I saw the news, like I, 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 the first thing I said to myself was that it doesn't matter if it's true or false. Now, the only way it would have mattered is if, let's say, 
my thinking was, if it were true, here's what I would have told you. I would have said maybe the top has decided to pivot now, and it might be hard to pivot with Gary because he's built himself into such an anti-crypto guy that you may come in and say, hey, we're going to pivot now. We're going to you know, fire Gary or let Gary go, and we're going to bring somebody that's going to go the opposite direction. That would be the only logic of why you would go the other way. But until the pivot is done, and the pivot's not going to be done until the big boys get it, get all their positions in place, and we don't know where they are yet, how far in. If I had to guess, maybe they're about 50%, 60% in. We've, you've been reporting. We've been reporting on this show. And Nasdaq's coming in. JP Morgan's coming in. Bank of America. All these guys are coming into play, but I don't think everything's done yet, Abs. The foundations aren't completely built yet for them. For them. And still, it is funny. And still, I mean, it is funny. Go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be Gary. I wouldn't not. I would not prefer to be Gary Gensler at this moment. If people are talking this shit about you, uh, but maybe he doesn't care. I, I, I have no idea. I cannot look in the head of this guy. But I, I wouldn't feel so comfortable with when they, when they talk and laugh about you. And but maybe, maybe he is a little bit corrupt. Maybe maybe get some money for this function maybe more than a little and we're going to provide a lot of evidence right here uh andrew as gary gensler has a video from 2017 before he actually entered the sec describing how 70 percent of the crypto market is not a security but he even lists specific tokens this is exciting for all our crypto holders uh, the crypto market is bitcoin ether litecoin bitcoin cash why did i name those four they're not securities <laughs> how would you categorize ether then I think that the general sweep of what Congress did, not just in the 30s, but as amended. I'm asking years, you, sitting in your chair now to make an assessment under the laws as exist, is Ether a commodity or a security? So we already know in the U.S. and in many other jurisdictions that three quarters of the market are not ICOs. Or Interesting how once somebody starts paying Gary Gensler, his stance completely changes. When he's an independent professor at MIT, these are not securities. Algorand, Litecoin, the bliss goes on and on. The second he gets into the SEC, he claims everything but Bitcoin is an unregistered security and is even speaking out against Ethereum. Johnny, before I get your response, the one thing I'd like to throw in here as well is that when, for lack of a better word, shit hits the fan with the crypto market, they're going to need a fall guy. And Gary Gensler, by the day, is looking like the guy they're going to blame for all this stuff. So he better enjoy his time at the SEC because it could get dark after he resigns. What does it mean to you, all this new evidence, before we move on? It, it won't get dark for him. They're just going to promote him to treasure secretary where he really wants to be anyway. So that's coming. You know, we know he wants that spot. He'll just get the promotion because he's doing what he's supposed to do. But that's the problem with picking a guy. When they picked him, the mistake was there's so much content of him talking about, for the most part, how a good chunk at that time was not a security. And then they put him in this, you know, somebody either did their homework or didn't do their homework when they picked him. Because the candidate they picked, you know, it's kind of hard because now he looks like a complete 100% hypocrite. Because literally everything he's saying, he's backtracking. You know, someone said moonwalking. You know, I was moon I'm not moonwalking. I've been very consistent what I do. But Gary, boys, that's moonwalking. That moonwalk is so good, even Michael Jackson will be jealous of that moonwalk right there, Ed. <laughs> Guys, and we're going to we're going to talk about how Ripple is expanding into Asia after receiving a brand new license to sell cryptocurrency in Singapore. This is just another major catalyst out there. But before we do that, we're going to show you the smartest way to track your crypto. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com, that's MerlinCrypto.com, and sign up for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto.
Abs, you're on mute, but I will say yes. Oh, sorry, sorry. Let me let me share this real quick because I was going to ask you, is it okay if I share some inside information about Merlin? This is a massive week for our company, guys. We officially started beta testing behind the scenes. I was able to seamlessly link many of my exchanges onto my Merlin account, and I'm actually using it. What we're considering behind the scenes right now is creating a fake portfolio that we would track every day on this channel. So we would take about $10,000 of fake money and invest it in the market. That way we could have something to show you guys. So if you're interested in that concept, put a one in the live chat. If you think it's a waste of time, put a two in the live chat. But 30 days absolutely free. Check out the link down below. Johnny Crypto, any closing comments here before we jump into our article? Abs, I'm so excited to see you this excited about Merlin. But uh, yeah, no, it is. It is. I was going to say this is a breakthrough Merlin. It's Merlin Monday today, folks. But more importantly, this was a historic uh, week where we finally were able to make it to that next step. We finished all the code. And now we're literally just doing the testing part only. And that's a, a big step because now we're getting very, very close. And just to see all the comments from the team who are get who get to play with it firsthand and be able to see the power of it. It was so it was so awesome this weekend. So to everybody out there, thank you guys for the testing. We're still going to continue. We still have a little bit more to go. But nonetheless, abs, we're getting close. Get on the wait list, guys. If you want to get your first crack at it when we launch it, when we launch it to the public, it's going to go to waitlisters only. So make sure you're on that wait list. Click on the link below. Remember, guys, 30 days absolutely free. So there's literally no downside. You can always just cancel your subscription if you don't enjoy the product. But let's get right back into our information here as Ripple. They don't really care about the SEC lawsuit anymore. They've said for months now, we are operating as if we've already lost. And just this week, they received an official license out of Singapore to sell their on-demand liquidity products. So this is some huge news for XRP holders out there. The MAS grants Ripple Markets permission to provide a regulated payment token service as well as products in their city state. Ripple said the license allows them to expand their customer use of ODL, a service that uses XRP to facilitate cross-border payments. One of the interviewers asked Ripple's lead official, what does it mean for Ripple's operations in Singapore and the Asia Pacific now that you've received MAS clarity? Well, this is going to allow us to offer regulated digital payment tokens and services enabling us to further scale our ODL products in Singapore. This will allow us to better support these progressive customers and scale our services ultimately to build a more inclusive and borderless system. What are we talking about? The IMF, the World Economic Forum, and Ripple creating a borderless society. This is one step in that direction, Johnny. Is this a big catalyst for Ripple and XRP? Oh, I mean, it, it certainly can be. Again, when you're talking about those kinds of agencies, or, you know, working with these kinds of companies, those are the relationships, discussions, and conversations you want to see happening, right? And so, <coughs> excuse me, we know ads that Brad sits on the West, right? Very, very important place to be, prominent place to be if you're going to be moving into, let's say, the future plans of way things are going to go. That's a place where it usually starts. So you've got the right connections. you got the right things. Now, obviously, we've talked about this for a while. The monkey on Ripple's back has to come off, I think, before you see the complete unlocking of the technology where they start moving full-blown in the U.S. But they've already got a huge advantage outside the world in the rest of the globe. Okay, so we know that Ripple spread their seed everywhere except in the U.S. However, don't be surprised if Mario's right. And behind the background, maybe they're also secretly working with companies here. And once the lawsuit comes up, you know, I don't want to say flip the switch because that's not how it's going to work. I don't want to mislead people. But the reality is, yeah, they'll be kind of in pole position to win that race when the time is coming. NFT Jones, I got to get some of your thoughts as well. When we look at what the BIS is doing with Ripple and XRP, XLM is clearly built for tokenized assets and XRP is built for central bank digital currencies. So what does that mean to you, my friend? We're seeing a massive shift. What are you anticipating? I mean, it's hard to say. I, I'm kind of anticipating a lot to happen with XRP and XLM. I mean, they are both the two coins that I hear talked about a lot in the financial institution system. So it's really interesting to hear what's happening with those coins because the from more uh, they grow and the more that they come into and further adopt and push themselves, the uh, further people are going to adopt them and the more businesses they'll work with, right? Which will further allow people to realize that crypto and is here to stay and that once financial institutions, I mean, a lot of the news, I mean, you have to go online for it. This isn't in the news news per se like 
you can find clips here and there, but like a lot of it, you have to do your own research and find news articles and stuff. And so it's not easy for the normal average person to find what's really going on in the financial institution world with XRP and XLM and stuff like that. So I feel like it needs to be brought more to just attention to the lesser public that don't know about what's actually happening with the world of crypto and stuff. And I think it will cause further adoption for XRP and XLM. Interesting tones. And Andrew, I do want to get your thoughts on this article because we const- we've constantly referenced how when central bank digital currencies are promoted, they're going to give retail investors discounts on goods in order to use their services That's exactly what's happening out of China. We got 407 live listeners joining us, guys. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Andrew, China says all of its bus routes now accept the digital yuan and will incentivize adoption by granting discounts to people who use the currency. Passengers receive discounts if they pay for their buses using a CBDC. On journeys where the fee is less than two yuan, about 28 cents, passengers will need to pay less than one penny if they use a CBDC. They're also going to receive a uh, a fee on on trips that are over two one, but they're only going to be discounted about one penny. So it's not really significant. Andrew, I do just want to give you broadly some thoughts. When they push the CBDC in America, we're going to see the same thing. So what do you think people should be aware of with China's central bank digital currency launch? Yeah, it actually, it's a sad story. This is the power of a government. They can just say, you know what, here, download this wallet and you get uh, $50 or $200 for free. Uh, I said it already, I think already more than a year or longer ago, I said, what we will see is two prices in the market. If you pay with the old dollar or the old uh, one, you will pay uh, uh, price X. And if you pay with the central bank digital currency, you will get another price. So everything will be priced in, in two, uh, two uh, uh, amounts. And so adoption is it's a certainty that CDBC will be adopted. However, I also hope that enough people that, that we in this show, we can, can reach also enough people to understand where you need to invest your money because CDBC is a, is a prison. Yeah, and, 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 and of course, you have to do your groceries. And if, if, the, if the Walmart is not, not selling to you with, with old, in, in, in the future in, with old dollars, yeah, you need to buy your groceries and you need, need to have it. So that's happening in China. I expect the same in Europe. I expect the same in, in the US. And, and so understand that you also need to have money outside the system. You know, we saw Lynette, Lynette saying in one of your clips, she's talking about gold and silver. We're talking a lot about crypto. Uh, uh, you know, I also like real estate. It's important to diversify if you want to uh, survive in this, uh, this area. Johnny Crypto, any quick comments here? We're about to break down an article about how, um, yeah, I got to mute you, Tons. We were we're going to break down an article based on how an XRP f- hedge fund has just filed with the SEC. That could be another big catalyst. There's so much news for XRP. People are probably wondering what is going on. Why are all of these news stories coming out about XRP right as we're about to get a resolution with the lawsuit? Brad Garlinghouse said less than a month ago, weeks, not months until the end of this thing. I I do want to break down that article, but. Any quick comments, Johnny? Well, I mean, everybody's asking abs, you know, when they keep asking the chat, when is the XRP lawsuit going to come to an end? We've already given you our thoughts on that. Most likely by before the end of September, between now and the end of September is the best we could tell you. Anybody who tells you anything different has no clue and they're lying to you because none of us know. Um, you know, people throw out, oh, this date's like July 17th. Hey, how many dates have we blown by and they haven't happened? So the reality is, the next best guess is sometime between now and September 29th, guys. That's what we think is going to happen. If it doesn't happen then, well, we all know, we've told you on the show, that means Judge Torres is going to be sitting in front of Congress explaining why she's unable to make a decision. And that's going to be a very interesting conversation, uh, whether she's going to put it back on Congress. And then who knows when this thing's going to end up. It could drag out. In terms of your question of why there's a lot of news, there is a lot of news. You know what's disturbing about all this XRP news? Where's the price action? It's that thing's that thing's flat. That sucker is a flat line between. Let me ask you this. Let's actually let's come back to that conversation. If this was a bull market, would we see price action right now, in your opinion? Well, let me ask you a question. Caveat. 
if this was a bull market with the lawsuit on their back or the lawsuit off their back, which which on case? their back lawsuit okay, if it was on back. their back. Then I mean, we saw what happens in a bull run when it's on the back. They're kind of you know it was kind of limited in 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 the degree of upside potential. If you think about it, uh, we saw um, you know we saw that a lot of other stocks or not stocks, sorry, a lot of other cryptos pumped and took off. And we know that kind of for the most part, XRP was somewhat manipulated. I don't want to say manipulating price, but the price, oh, there you go. <laughs> Your man mental like with the manipulation. But we did see apps that it was held back, right? It didn't really have the excitement price action that everybody was expecting to break all-time highs when everything else was breaking all-time highs, right? If you remember. And that was primarily because we believe the XRP lawsuit. And so, I mean, sorry, yeah, the Ripple lawsuit. So the question is, would it have, I think you'd get a similar reaction if the lawsuit's not off their back. I think you'll get a pump, but will we break all time highs? No, abs, I don't think so. But the fact that we got all this great bullish news and the price is kind of flat, it's kind of weird because think about it. normally when the news comes out, what happens? Tell them, abs. That's Dump. the dumping grounds. Price dumps. Yep. That's the dumping ground. So the good news is you're not seeing a lot of dumping, okay? But you're also not seeing a lot of pre-pumping before the news. So very interesting, very interesting time. I would have expected to see the price move up a lot more and see some dumping during this time, but we're not seeing that. And that makes you wonder why. Maybe because people know what they're holding, the big boys know what they're holding, and don't want to dump now because maybe they know there's something bigger coming. That's my guess, but I could be wrong. Johnny, a couple minutes left in the episode. I'm going to play this and get your response here. Here we go. Because these yeah. people are pushing in a very obvious and very specific direction. They want digital currency, centralized digital currency that they control. And they want to get everybody on a social credit score system. They're probably connected to some sort of a vaccine app. Or if you want to travel around, all they would need is another pandemic to try to push that shit through. Something that's very clear about the C-19 pandemic, Johnny, is that not every, not only was everyone pushed into their homes they were pushed onto their phones, right? I think YouTube numbers, Netflix numbers, everything went through the roof during that time. And that's because we were forced to be isolated and forced to communicate through these things. Obviously, there's been some long lasting changes. But when I listen to a guy like Joe Rogan finally discussing this stuff, what it tells me is two things. Number one is that the average everyday person is beginning to be concerned about these narratives. But number two, I don't think the general public is going to be tricked as easily next time. I could be a little bit optimistic, but I think there's a lot of people in America, Europe, and, and probably in Asia as well that are not going to be so easy to follow commands from the top. Does that make sense? There's not going to be as many sheep just running off the cliff this time. How do you feel? we got like three minutes left. <laughs> just running off the cliff. Um, you know, I, I kind of agree and disagree with you there a bit. Um, I agree with you in, this, in the aspect that uh, I think you're right. I think there will be less people willing to just kind of go the path because they saw what happened the first time. You will have a good chunk that will just do whatever they're told. Um, but but I disagree in the sense where you say everybody's waking up or, you know, I mean, I, I don't I think there's still a very small portion of people that are in crypto. There's probably a good amount of people that listen to Joe Rogan. So he's probably getting their attention and bringing some awareness to it. So that's a good thing for whatever Joe's doing there, because people are, but I still think that whole group of people is a very, very small portion of people. Go ask your, you know, the local clerk or your grandma or your neighbor next door, you know, hey, you know, CBC used to come there and be like, what the hell is a CBC? What are you talking about? The alphabet? They're not going to have a clue. So I, I still think we're nowhere near that awareness level yet, but I certainly think Joe's obviously doing his part to make people aware. But by the and way, I there were a lot of number ones in the chat. I don't know if you saw that earlier about creating a Merlin portfolio. Oh, we're going to be doing that, guys. After after hearing back from the from the people in our live chat, I think it's 100% worth it that we create a mock portfolio. Not only do I think it would be helpful for people who are trading, but it could create more of a, a group vibe. We can turn off the music. We got one minute left. I do just want to get Andrew Cashflow's thoughts. Um, Andrew, Jotting brought up something important. Shoot, I lost my train of thought here. Let's actually talk about this. We got 60 seconds left in the show. There are riots happening all over Europe, Andrew, and I know you're in the Netherlands. Let's just have a conversation about that. Are you experiencing any of the uh, the riots and the things going on in France? When I look on Twitter, it looks horrifying, but I know social media can be misleading. Um, you know, I, I was in France. I, I hear the news. I see the newspapers. Um, actually, I don't see much of it. There was also a big farm, farmers protest in uh, in The Hague uh, last, uh, uh, last week. 
um, I know that uh, arrests and, and, and in France there are big protests. You know, people just don't believe it anymore and, and they, they want something else. And uh, I, I cannot disagree with them. However, I strongly convict any violence and that shouldn't be done. So, uh, yeah, if we are we are facing tough times. Thank you, Andrew. And on a more positive note, the Bitcoin market, we are getting full adoption from Wall Street. We're seeing banks come in and centralize private currencies. This is a massive and exciting time to be a crypto investor. And we got 413 live listeners joining us. Thank you for being here on this Monday. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thanks for joining us.